thanks for joining us. It's another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Ward White, a retired broadcaster. We like to talk about things financial. One of the things that we've touched on, I remember in, in our backlog of shows, Ron, we did a show about how to choose an advisor. Maybe it's time if you've got an advisor that you're not happy with that you look for a new one. Are there flags that go up that we should be paying attention to in this regard? Certainly, and I've got a number of them I want to talk about. And it's important to have a good advisor. There's a Montreal-based nonprofit uh, group called the Serrano Institute. And they found that investors who received professional advice were found to accumulate 3.9 times more assets over 15 years than comparable investors without advisors. So there's definitely a place in the investment universe for, for a good advisor. And we're going to talk about what happens if your advisor doesn't turn out to be as good or, or fit your needs. So we'll give you some warning signs when it's time to, I think in football terms, they call it when it's third and 10, you punt. Right. Yeah. So what's, what's the big one? I guess returns is obviously the first one you want to look at. If you're not getting any, might be an idea to maybe shift gears or something, right? Well, I think the first thing you want to do is sit down with your advisor and have a discussion as to why your returns aren't as high as the markets are. And, you know, I mean, I used to get calls from people that had, um, they were afraid to be in the stock market. So we were in fixed income. So they get four or 5% in their fixed income. And they look at the stock market, who had, which might have had a good year that year of 20%. And they'd phone and they'd say, well, how come my returns are only 5 or 6%? And then you'd remind them that, well, your returns are where they are because what you own. You don't want to take the risk. So you're getting a 5 to 6% return because you've got investment-grade bonds preferred. And frankly, that's what they're paying. So you want to find out why your portfolio isn't doing as well as, as the benchmark, for example. And is it because you're too conservative or is it because you've been too aggressive? So figure out why. The portfolio is where it is before you jump. But if you're consistently year after year after year, you have a market-based portfolio and you're getting way less returns than the market is generating, uh, then it's time to, to, to start looking around and seeing what other options are available to you. Another area that you have to be concerned about is fees. And we've talked about this. Like Fees can really eat into your returns. I think there's a whole television commercial campaign about that right now that's been running for quite some time. You know, oh, those fees are just eating into our profits. Oh, high fees can easily eat up a third of your returns over time. And the key here is if you're, if you're looking at an advisor, and I mean, the, the advisor's got to make a living too, and I totally get that. But if an advisor is only showing you products that have five high fees that pad his or her bottom line, it's probably time to look for other options. And high fees, if that's all you're being steered to is high fees, high fees, high fees, well, then your advisor's getting rich and probably not you. Lack of contact. If the phone doesn't ring every once in a while to say how you do and anything we should talk about, you should be concerned, right? Yeah. I mean, you should sit down when you have your original meeting and, and, and talk about how often that you want to be contacted and do you want to be contacted by the portfolio manager, by the advisor, by, by the staff? Um, you know, what is your expectation? Are you going to get an email? Are you going to get a newsletter? 
you know, what is the contact situation? Do you want that person to call you or do you want to call them? So you want to have kind of a conversation or contact uh, agenda worked out. And of course, obviously, if there's special things, you know, maybe there's something very special happening in the market or it's RSP season and it's time to make a contribution. Yeah, then you want to have special calls, but you want to call them. Do they want to call you? Well, you want to sit down and figure that out. If it isn't happening, figure out why it isn't happening. And if the advisor is just too busy, especially during uh, the summer, spending their time on the golf course or in the winter at some of the real swanky ski resorts, uh, maybe they're putting their interests ahead of yours. And also, if you call and you leave a message, and they don't get back to you for days and days. I mean, everywhere you go now, I don't know about you, Gord, but everywhere I go, if I phone, there's always a message. We're receiving unprecedented amounts of calls. Your call is very important to us, but we can't take it right now. Leave a message and we'll get back to you. Well, I understand that it can be busy. And even if you have to leave a message, they should be getting back to you same day. Even if the, the, the advisor can't get back to you right away, you should have a call from an assistant or something to answer your call on at the same day. And if you're not getting that kind of service, if you can never find anybody, like the old saying goes, you know, I didn't believe that the, the, the dead could be raised until around here at quitting time. <laughs> you know, <one>. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, if you, you can't, if, you can't ever find the advisor you and they're you they never get back to you it's really time to find someone else you need someone who's courteous enough to get back to you and if your advisor's not listening to you if you have a plan you've thought it through and there's a direction you want to take and he or she seems to be deviating from that that's not a good formula either is it no i frankly that's that's called uh goal drift and if if you're very explicit and you tell the advisor what goals you want to have, and then you find that essentially your asset mix and everything else has absolutely nothing to do uh, with the financial picture you've given them. The debt levels uh, are way too high of the companies you own. You're, you're, you're maybe buying fixed income. It's far more risky than you want. Well, someone isn't listening to you. And, you need to have someone that takes the time. When you come into the office, they've got a pad of paper out there and a pen, and they're taking notes, and they're listening to what you want. And if you, if you can't find someone that can translate what you want into the financial investments that you need to have to get you there, you really need to be looking for greener pastures. What about taxes, Ron? If uh, if you're getting really whacked by taxes, then then your advisor's not doing a good job of keeping you tax efficient, right? You need to have a tax efficient portfolio, which simply means that most people have um, accounts like RSPs, tax-free savings accounts, RIFs, and those areas are those particular types of investment uh, are where you can put your fixed income assets, for example, because you don't pay any tax until you pull it out. And I've often seen portfolios when they've come in where virtually 
all of the RSPs are filled up with stocks and all the regular accounts where you pay the highest of tax, that's where all the interest income is. is you know, There's uh, no real synergy. Or if you have spouses that have very different levels, the high-income spouse has all of the uh, fixed income investments and the lower-income spouse has all the tax-efficient investments like stocks where you pay the least tax. So if your portfolio looks to be a tax mess, um, you know, I like to, you know, when I was in the industry, I'd like to sit down with um, clients, accountants, or get a chance to talk to them on the phone if I could, especially if the client had fairly complicated affairs, like maybe they had uh, tax losses that were carried forward. Uh, you want to find out if there's RSP contributions that still can be made. Um, you know, uh, just talk to them about the the client's financial affairs. So, I mean, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you keep. And you, you need to look at, are you income splitting properly? It, it's, it's a big effort to focus on taxes that goes beyond just the kind of investment. I mean, some advisors will say, look, if I make you enough money for you, you don't have to worry about your taxes. But for most of us, taxes, because they chew up generally half our incomes, very, very important that we try to keep those taxes down and be as efficient in the tax realm as we can. So this is something, Synergy, we've, we've talked about how, this may be a bit redundant, but we, you have to be on the same page. The client and the advisor have to be on the same page. He or she has to understand your goals, what your plans are, and if they're not sticking to that, then, then it's not going to work, right? You said it as well as I could. You have to have an advisor that that either that empathizes with you. They have the the same, and it really helps if the advisor is on the same investment page as you are. In other words, they have similar goals to you. They're conservative. Uh, they've got a family. You know, they're saving for their kids' education. They're worried about grandkids. They're worried about the same things you are. They they they're they're in the same part of the universe. If you if you have someone who's uh, thinking about about travel, who's thinking about you know fulfillment in life, and 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 uh, you know a lot of leisure activities and and uh, driving expensive cars. Well, maybe you drive expensive cars, so you really you really dig this person, but you've got to have someone that's that's on the same lifestyle page as you. Or often it just doesn't work because they just don't think in terms or strategically how you think about investing. Here's the big red flag. They want you to take a bunch of risk. Oh, exactly. And and typically, most investors don't realize that the higher the risk an investment has, often the more advisors get paid to sell it. So usually there's more money in higher risk investments than there are in lower risk investments. Like a bond has very, very little fees in it. But a junior stock or tax shelter, especially new issue ones, often they have big fees, sometimes over 5 to 10% in them. So you really need to be looking at how much uh, risk you're taking. And if your portfolio is stuffed with this, this kind of thing, uh, you know you, you know who's making the money, and it's generally not you. And then here's the final one, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this. You should look at your advisor in the eye and say, well, what are you invested in? What do you hold in your portfolio, right? Is, yeah. it, is that a good thing to do? Oh yeah. Now age differences might be a di might 
be a factor here because, you know, somebody who's 25 is going to have a different asset allocation than you do. But generally, when I was investing, I would buy the same investments as my clients did. So I think that it's very comforting to know that the chef is eating his own cooking. <laughs> and sometimes I wasn't able to, to the investments moved away because with the rules the way they are, the advisor isn't buying an ethical advisor isn't buying before he's getting all his clients to buy and isn't selling before he's getting all his clients to sell. So the advisor will sell after you do and will buy after you do. So there's no front running of the stock, but an advisor for most of the, the things they own, unless they've gotten away from them and they're too expensive for them to buy. Okay. But generally his portfolio should look a lot like yours. Okay, a question here to wrap up this week, Ron, and it comes from Andy. He says that he attended one of your investment classes years ago and adopted your buy-and-hold strategy, but he's concerned the way the markets in the world have been lately. He says, my gut's telling me to sell everything. I think we will have a shift to higher interest rates, and there'll be time to get back on in the fall. Most of my positions are at their peaks. Should I take profits? What are your thoughts about that? That's kind of a tough one, isn't it? It's a, it really is a tough question to answer. And, and I would go back to the show that we did on rebalancing here and, and take a look at that because here again, I find it very difficult to sell everything and make a bet that things are going to be lower in the fall because people that have made bets over the last, well, since 2009, the gutter is filled with people that said after 2009, these markets couldn't possibly do what they did. And of course they did. And I know lots of very prominent portfolio managers that between 2007 and 2009, when you have the global stock markets dropping by 56%, you had prominent investors, famous investors that have essentially sit on, sat on the sidelines and missed the, the last 12 year bull market. So I'm not an all or nothing type of guy because I don't believe that you can predict where markets are going to be over a short term. But here again is look at your allocation. If your stock portion of your portfolio, you have it at 50% as a, as a goal and it's now 75. Yeah. Start peeling some back. If you look at your sectors and you know, you have manufacturing, you have utilities, you have consumer, you have, financial and you have resources and one sector has got way out of line with the others move it back so really it's readjusting is the best way to go to keep your balance over the long term and that'll mean frankly if you have a good asset allocation program it'll provide you with the discipline to sell high and i would highly recommend that uh, if you took the class you know how much stress i placed on asset allocation and rebalancing and go through your portfolio, and before you sell off everything, just see what kind of balance that you currently have and trim your excesses, and that will automatically take some profits off the table for you. Okay, there you go. So if you have a question, as we always like to say, you can reach us through our website, letsmakemoney.ca, and the question will come right to Ron in my inbox. And also, if you listen to our show through cfcw.com on their portal, you can also email us there, and we'll be happy to address it in upcoming episodes. Or if you have a, a question, you know, pertaining to a certain sector that you feel we haven't touched on, give us a, a heads up, and we'll look into it. 
On behalf of the Ron, uh, on behalf of the Ron coach, on behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, are you your own coach now, by the way? <laughs> uh, that, I, do a, I do a lot of reading, and I've often found, Gord, that literally I'm coached by smarter people than I am. So if, if I have questions, Usually there's enough research that I can go to and I've got people I go to and, and ask all the time. So, you know, I've got a good network of smart people that I use and I think I would encourage everybody else to as well. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, we'll be back next week with another edition of Making Money. We hope you join us then. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.